coming to you from the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains, Denver, Colorado. It's the Savage Cast, a Savage Worlds podcast brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Savages. Here are your hosts, Chris Savage Mummy Fox and Christopher Savage Bull Landauer. Hail, Savages! This is part two of our Gen Con 2016 coverage. This episode is a number of small interviews I did from the Pinnacle booth on the exhibit hall floor. I also spoke with Clint and Jody Black. I have an interview that I did with James and Carrie Walls. Uh, James is a GM and blogger. Uh, his blog is Living for Crits. His daughter Carrie has been GMing since she was nine. We talked about running Savage Worlds games for kids and about what it was like to be an 11-year-old GM. I have an interview with Mark Swafford, who did the Savage Worlds conversion of Thunderscape. The rest of the interviews are with various Savage Worlds fans. It was really great to talk to a number of fans from all over the country and find out why they loved Savage Worlds. I hope you enjoy the episode. I have to ask you, Clint, how did your Rifts playtest go? The games that I ran, they yeah. went they went fantastic. Uh, as a matter of fact, the uh, sign-up was starting at 10 o'clock Thursday morning, if you go to the room, and I uh, walked outside with the sign-up sheets and just went ahead and asked if there's anybody here to sign up, and both games filled instantly. Instantly, yeah. The people, one gentleman had been waiting since 8 o'clock to oh, sign wow. up. So. And what did you run? I ran a short demo that I did myself. Okay. Um, just something I set up. I adjusted some of the archetypes uh, Sean had made, Sean Fannin had made, okay. and uh, readjusted them to work with this particular scenario that I had set up. And I'll save the particulars in case I run it at another con. So sure. <laughs> so how how are uh, how's production and things coming on on the books and everything? I know the PDFs are all out there. PDFs are all out there, and just before we left for Gen Con, they went off to the printers. Everything's off to the printers right now, so that process has begun. Um, so it's within, what, oh, how long does it take? Five months. About five months okay. for a turnaround time. So that's what we'll be looking at to get the print books here. Although we have had quite a few people at Gen Con asking if it was already in print, and I would go, that would be magic. Right, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, not yet. Going to take a yeah. little bit of time. So, I know the excitement level is just through the roof. Have you been hearing anybody, anybody talking about having already played it, things like that? Are you getting any play reports and things? What are people saying? One of the uh, players in the first game said he was already starting the game, and he was actually sitting in to see how it ran, you know, through someone else. And uh, and then the second game, I actually made a comment about how I. You know, sometimes, and a few people may know this, if you meet me at a con and you ask nicely with your core rule book, I may sign it and say there's an official rule that you always get plus one Benny in a game. And I made that comment, and the one guy looked at his friend next to him and said, you got to make sure that that's not, a, you know, not allowed in your game or something like that right. Yeah, in our game. So, obviously, some upcoming uh, games as well. Right. So... so- what uh, what do we have upcoming? What do we have that you can talk about, if anything? <laughs> What's next in the pipeline? Yeah. Why why don't we have our seminar? Okay, well, we were looking at why, what would we talk about in the seminar. And you remember that comment that Shane made at the end of last year's seminar saying, come back next year and find out why we haven't done it yet? That's right. what we're doing. That's all I have to report is that we're working on it. Okay. Um, everything was announced last year. We don't have anything new to announce. So uh, what's left... Um, 
we are hoping we you know we got seven trips out. We still have a lot of stretch goals to make for that before we can consider the second round okay. of whether or not we're going to be doing books. Right now in our heads we're doing it, but we got to wait until we get to that point. We're not really saying what we're working on for that yet. Okay. Because we got to get the first stuff done. Um, we hope to have all that done by October, and then we should be able to have the books to backers around Christmas, hopefully in time for Christmas, but I can't make any promises, okay. and then out in retail for January. Between now and then, we've got uh, lots of things that are kind of circling around in the production schedule, so we don't know exactly what we're kickstarting next, Okay. but we've got Flash Gordon coming up, we've got the Fear Agent, the Goon, we've got the next plot point for, um, for Deadlands, we've got Hellstrom's plot point, Good Intentions. So we've got just a ton of things that we've kind of been playing around with and monkeying with in our schedule, and nothing's down pat. Okay, so it's kind of just just whatever, however it falls in place to make it, you know, the, the easiest for you guys to be able to get things done. That's what we're going to see. Well, I will say that uh, Scott has survived his first round of black edits on Flash First Gordon. round. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the first round. So the first first round is out yeah. there, so that's good. So that, that's good for people to know. So it, it, it's uh, that process is going. might take a while, but it's, it's on its way and moving forward. Yeah. Well, great. Okay. Well, anything else? I know this, is, this was going to be real quick and short, but anything else that you guys can think of that you want people to know? Oh, my gosh. I can't even think that far ahead. You know, it's, it's, it's Gen Con, so there's a million things going on. Right. We've got a lot of people here picking up the books for Weird War One, um, which will be shipped to backers next week, but we're, some of them pick it up here. we got some pre-release copies of that. We've got our messenger bag for Weird War One that some people are picking up because they're seeing how nice it is, and we're going to have that for Savage Rifts, too, so that'll okay. be available for pre-order soon. And, and I did see, I'm kind of excited, I'm going to pick it up right now, I did see the Cackler is yes. here. Yes. So that's pretty exciting if, you know, so that's out there for people to get their hands on now. Is that something that they can get in just I, I don't know, I don't do digital comic books, but is that like a PDF or a digital comic yes. book that they can pick up as well? Not here, but right. uh, you can yeah, you can go online and buy the uh, PDF version of the comic. Okay. Um, drive through Comics, Drive through RPG has that. Okay. Uh, and then we've got the uh, pre-orders for the uh, for the comic books that'll be going live on our site fairly soon. So, you know, we're working on it. We've got the the hardcover copies here so people can see it, and oh. it's beautiful stuff, and it's really a game changer for Deadlands, and we're so excited to finally have that out. Yeah, I will be picking one of those up, and I know I don't know you guys how much you guys have. Have, that you guys deal with this, but I, I've seen that the next Deadlands novel yes. is actually getting ready to come out. Now, does Pinnacle have much to do with that, or is that completely with the book publisher? Or what do you what do you guys have? What's Pinnacle's involvement in that? Uh, well, Tor's license is with Visionary. Visionary's license is with us. So okay. we are part of the process. Um, we get to pre-read it. It looks really awesome. Um, we get to see the covers and know who's lined up and what their plans are for that. That releases in September. You can pre-order it now. Um, they're actually, last I saw, they were running a uh, promotion where if you pre-ordered it, you might win a free copy. So there's okay, some, yeah, excellent. there's some cool stuff going on. But our licensees over at uh, Visionary, they're doing a fantastic job of managing that for us. Well, great. Well, excellent. Well, thank you guys so much, and I appreciate you taking a few minutes and enjoy the rest of your Gen Con. Thank, thank you. You, Chris. you too. Hello, everybody. This is a Savage Mommy. I am here at Gen Con 2016. Uh, with James and Carrie Walls. So some of you might know James. Uh, you might have seen his Google Plus posts. I know you're pretty uh, mm-hmm. prolific on the on, on G Plus. Yep. Um, gaming with your kids. 
I know you've done a lot of, of Savage Worlds things with your kids and you've used popular like Disney and popular media and things like that to come up with your games that you've run for your kids. So first off, I wanted to know how old are your kids and when did they start playing? When did you get them started in RPGs? So uh, Carrie's 12 and my daughter Evie is 10 and my son Cooper is 6. And Carrie started uh, playing when she was about 5 years old. I think I think her first game was Redbox, Redbox D&D. Okay. Which I had a, I had copy line around. And then Evie started when she was 4 and then Cooper started when he was 4. He had just turned 4. So it, we we start them young in our house. Yes. <laughs> so You've done like like I said, you you've done a lot with um, like Disney and popular media. So when you do that, do you tweak the rules? So you started like you said, you started Cooper when he was four. When you're running Savage Worlds, I mean, do you tweak the rules? Do you try to run them as close to as written? How do you do that with with you know a child that young? Well, that depends on whose kids I'm playing with. So. Uh, when I first started running Savage Worlds for the, for our kids, we ran Savage Worlds as early as when Carrie was maybe seven or eight years old. We would just run. I would take old D and D stuff like uh, Mistara stuff, uh, like floating gnome sky ships, and I would just throw Savage Worlds rules on top of it, and they'd be a clockwork teddy bear, and they'd be nice. they'd be like a, a, a robot. My wife would play like a, like a, a sky ace. And we just kind of played some just basic bedtime story, half an hour games uh, in our in the kids' bedroom at night. And as time evolved, we we started to vote on more rules. We the character sheets, the character sheet we used were, were the what anyone else would use playing Savage Worlds. However, we would focus on maybe I wouldn't use so many edges and hindrances, right? And we'd keep the skills pretty minimal so you'd have maybe only five or six and I'd ask them what they want to do when I run a game for kids and they're, it's their first time we often run like a choose your own adventure story they come to a decision point and if they're four, five or six years old and you have that short attention span it's do you want to do this or do you want to do this and then they choose so eventually they picked up on the rules as they got older we went through Accursed we did a lot of The Last Parsec we had full campaigns for both of those and had a great time with kids that aren't ours, uh, especially those younger children, last year at Gen Con on Sunday, on Family Day, we ran back-to-back sessions of a Disney's Last Parsec. And I cut down the rules by getting, away, giving, getting rid of skills and just using the attributes only. Okay. Oh, that's and actually I, a really good I idea. I cut the, skills, the, the character sheets down short. And then to give them special powers, actually I threw some extra uh, crunch in there because I used... The superhero's uh, companion. To, to I think the superhero's companion works great for just giving really over-the-top action. Because for us, I'm very passionate about getting kids into gaming and younger players into gaming. And this is not speaking down to them. Uh, if, if they're not interested in a game, it might not be because of the rules at all. Just the story has to be more explosive. You have to get their attention. Right. Yeah, get that attention and keep it for as long as you possibly can. Right. And Supers does that. So even if it's not a superhero character, we had Baymax last year. Well, Baymax can fly, you know, and a typical, you know, novice tier character can't do that. But you can bolt on supers, and yes, they can. 
So with kids that aren't ours, not, not my own children, we've we've used that sort of uh, abbreviated uh, savage system. Okay. Now, do you run a lot? Because I know you. So you said you run basically at Gen Con for others, or do you have other people? like in your area who come into a home campaign with you? So uh, our family back in 2013 started a club in the Pittsburgh area called the Norwin Game Nights. We've got 140 members of the club. We have maybe between 35 and 50 that show once per month. Oh, wow. And it's all kinds of games, board games, card games, uh, and then there's role-playing games. So we have chances to, to show off stuff there. For instance, back... For our big New Year celebration this year, uh, we did it at our local public library, allowed us to play there, and I printed out these big zero-hour art and design deck plans, and we ran a last Parsec adventure on a, with, a, with a map the length of a, a conference room table. Oh, wow. Uh, with the little, the, the, what's it called, the stand-ups. Not the, I don't have the actual minis because the kids will crush them, but the paper stand-ups. You know, okay, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, just the paper minis. Yeah, yeah. Which they, they actually all survived, so. So... This is going to sound like a weird question, but with with the kids, I would think it's very, very important to have maps and minis. Do you you find that important, or do you think, or or is it easier to just have them play theater of the mind, even if they're younger? Uh, It's it's a fun twist to do it, but I'm a theater of the mind GM, uh, so I actually prefer theater of the mind. So... We'll do it occasionally, but oftentimes it's just scraggled out paper. Uh, okay, but when we when we do it, and I would think maybe you you find you find it easier. I mean, maybe it's easier for the kids to use their imagination, not being having that map and mini in front of them. They could, you know, they don't have that restriction of having, you know, I can only move to this square and this square. So I bet you that helps out. Well, I have my opinion. So, Kara, what what's your take on the maps and minis? Well, you usually let us bring different like stuffed animals that and. Will sometimes bring like dolls or like. Yeah, and I actually did see that on some of the pictures that you guys posted that you that you had animals. I saw hats, things like that. So does that does that help you get into character? Yeah, sometimes we'll dress up and we'll pretend like we're that character. Yeah, so you don't so you, so you don't need maps or minis because you you can be your own mini. Yeah. There you go. I like that. I like that. So let me ask you a quick question. So the whole role playing thing. What is it that you like about it? Well, I like that you can, like, you can do whatever you want. You can, you can climb a wall if you're skilled in it. You can dig underground. You can fly, like my dad said. You have all these cool things that you can do. And really, the only limit it, it really is your imagination. So if you feel like you can do it, then probably can. Yeah, why not? Yeah, try it, right? Yeah. And Savage Worlds gives you that chance mm-hmm. because because you can do whatever you want even if you don't have the skill, you can still give it a try. So that's, you know, that's yeah. something that I really like about Savage Worlds. And how long cuz I know you dad said you are, are running games. You're GMing mm-hmm. at 12. Yeah. That's amazing. I think that is so cool. So, how long have you been doing it? Just for a little while or I think here. Your, your first me GM, you co-GM'd, was in tw- the summer of 2014, so you were you were 10. That's two I years. Math. Wow. <laughs> two years ago at 10. Do you remember what you, you remember what you ran? I think, was it basic fantasy? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. So basic fantasy RPG. Okay. It's kind of like a, you know, a, a D&D retro clone. Okay. And I hear you're running a, a Cursed game tomorrow? Yeah, with my dad. I'm okay. So tell me a little bit about what, can you tell me what the game, kind of what it's about? If you had to give it in a couple sentences. Basically, you are these different monsters and... You can say whatever you want. This is going to air after Gen Con. So. Yeah, it's going to air after Gen Con, so you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we, we playtested it a, well, a few weeks ago. So the, the basic the basic plot of what we're running is we're running uh, it, it sort of inspired by Carl uh, Kessler uh, okay. and seeing how the crease of he did. We are running a game that is going to be like sort of. Uh, that was my fault. <laughs> we're running a game. It's going to be it, it's it's Van Helsing meets the Adams family. Oh, nice. So okay. it's the haunted. It's a haunted house adventure where the the player make dinner. Yes, the whole adventure is making dinner. Oh, nice. There's a, there to 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 dehaunt the house. Uh, a special dinner has to be prepared, and whilst the family is trying to prepare dinner, uh, different groups of monster hunters show up trying to kill the family off. Oh, nice. Okay, and, and they have to go off into the town and procure certain. Uh, Food and stuff to make, and Things that they need. right. And uh, while they're doing this, the house itself, every room, it, when they go into any room, you draw a card, and that room has an effect that happens at random. Oh, okay, I like that. it. And even wait, how, how how are we designing the the, the event? It's different every time because what are we going to use to get all the the plot points? Where they're coming from? What? Madlibs, yeah. We Four. have uh, Rory Story Cubes and, oh, and Dad'll Mad Lib. And we're Mad Libbing. So there's a Mad Lib plot. So I while, love those. So one thing that Carrie's going to do while I kind of hand the characters out and get set up is the players are going to write their names in and then give Carrie information. And we're going to fill in the plot points with the Mad Libs that they say. So what's a good type of meat? And during our playtest, someone said kangaroo. Well, so when they made the dinner, they had to find a way to procure kangaroo meat in Morden, which was pretty challenging. But, yes. Yeah. But they don't know what they're coming up with. Okay. So every time the adventure is written, adventure runs, it's going to be something different. Oh, that's really interesting. And this is for what ages did you said this was for family day tomorrow? It, it's for family day. It's it's my only beef that I'd say I have with some with the with we love coming to Gen Con, but I really wish that they would separate out the age groups. The ages it, it has six and up and like twelve thirteen year up or twelve or up. Okay. I think it's thirteen or up. And there is such a wide group of ages between six and thirteen to play with. So last year we had said six and up. We had some seven-year-olds show up to Savage last Parsec, and they were a little young for it. This year we put in there, I think, ten and up was, was most appropriate Okay. Uh, for this. Not that anything wrong with younger kids show up. We'll, 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 we'll deal them in. But to play a full – last year were two-hour sessions. This is a full four-hour session. Oh, is it? Okay. So I, I think you have to be at least ten years old. Typically, unless you're – you have a really unique ability as a, as a young child to be able to pay attention for four hours, right? Yeah, and I've seen I've seen that sometimes that, that even you know, thirteen and fourteen year olds can sometimes have that problem. I uh, have been running a group in Savage Worlds since 
some of the kids were nine and ten years old and they're in college now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been running for them every Saturday, and you know, even sometimes now, <laughs> we, we have a hard time, you know, keeping a good focus on our game. So let me ask you, kind of Savage Worlds wise, what is it about Savage Worlds as as an RPG? that kind of brought you in? Why do you like Savage Worlds? And even, you know, not necessarily for kids games, but if you're playing, you know, just regular Savage Worlds with adults, what, what is it that you like about Savage Worlds? So, what I, I pretty much play three systems, and I play each one uh, for very different reasons. Uh, so I play Savage Worlds, I play the Cypher System, and I play Dungeon Crawl Classics. I really don't go outside of those three. What Savage Worlds brings for me is two things. One is a sense of modularity. I can bolt things on a Savage World so easily and come up with, with just crazy mashups on the fly and just I, I can throw so many books together that it, it, it just works. Uh, one of our recent actual plays was during the We Were One Kickstarter was it was We Were One Downton Abbey superheroes. And so every, every player was a cast of Downton Abbey using some stuff that we had kind of guessed would be We Were One. We didn't have any rules just yet right. for it. But we kind of we can, we can work that out. Uh, and then we bolted on top of that the supers thing. So the one character who is uh, uh, one of the noble women in the game, uh, Lady Mary, she could at any time summon her lady's maid to appear and help with a task. And that was her superpower. Oh, nice. so they were on a Zeppelin fighting uh, fighting like, like a, a German Zeppelin on the Zeppelin deck. And the lady's maid appears with like, you know, and can assist. You, you don't see that in many games. You can just kind of bolt it on and you actually can bring the rules. I mean, you can hand wave things, but Savage right. Worlds, let's not hand wave. And the other thing is, I'm kind of here for the historical settings. Uh, I, I, like Weird Wars Rome is may still be one of my favorite settings uh, for Savage Worlds. Of course, I really love Accursed and Last Parsec, which aren't historical, but... Uh, you know, so Weird Wars One, I was really excited for that as well because it's a time period that bolts on well. If I want to throw it in with Rippers, or right, or yeah, I, wanna... that, I mean, you, that seamlessly will go go together. So that's why that's why I'm that's why I'm here. Excellent. I have to ask: Are you excited? Did you back Rips? Uh, no, I didn't, and I feel I feel I'm a little ashamed. It's always very exciting. I am not a Rifts fan. Okay. Uh, I had a very negative experience with Rifts uh, when I was in my early, my mid-20s. Uh, I, I, this is no way a bashing thing. I, I, if, if you love Rifts, please play Rifts and enjoy Rifts. I know there's so many new members of our community that are, uh, but it's just not the... I know it, it gets crazy and over the top, but I think I just had... I had such an experience that I didn't like that it's just hard for me to kind of get over that. Right. And, I, and I, I, I backed it just out of the, the interest in being a complete fanboy that I am. Um, I'm the same as you. I can't say that I ever played Rifts. I made a couple of Rifts characters in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and hated the character creation process. And we ended up never actually getting to the game. I'm interested to see how they're going to do it, you know, how it's going to work on Savage Worlds. Um, I think the, the thing that, that, that I'm interested in is the, the mashup potential. Sure. And being able to pull in Accursed and Deadlands and all of these various things into Rifts. But I guess really, honestly, you could do that without it, with but the core system. What's exciting about Savage Rifts, and I'm looking at this more as just an overall Savage Worlds fan, 
is if you look at the groups and you look at the activity, is it truly does show and bring out bring so much more of a fan base into the game that can explore the other systems in Savage Worlds. So Savage Worlds, I think, as the years have gone on, I've been playing Savage Worlds since I think I picked it up in 2012 is when I start, started playing. And you know there are now so many Savage settings. I can never get to them all. I still get all the Deadland stuff. I, 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 and it's funny, I, have, I, I, mean, I, have, I have the Flood, I have... All the all of the, uh, the 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 plot point campaigns for it, and yet I can't seem to get when I when I run a Deadlands scene, I can't get the players to get away from just like running around doing basic Western stuff. Like I can't right. keep them on track. I mean, we were never going to get to these adventures. So it's, it's the same with the settings, and it's beautiful because it's it's showing that it brings such more of a fan base in. More players in is always a good thing. Whether I and mean, there's other Savage Worlds games I don't play, so I I, I don't know. There's, there's there's too many. I have a giant stack, but I did listen to the actual play of Rips uh, with uh, Sean Patrick Fannin uh, GMing. It sounded wonderful. I enjoyed like listening to it. I will say I listened to it kind of post uh, post Kickstarter, so. Uh, I may have to give it a shot at some point because it didn't, after listening to it, it didn't sound anything like the experience I had gone through when I was playing it. It is, I'll tell you, it, it is, the power level is cranked way, way, way up. Um, so, you know, that that's something that new the people of Savage Worlds are going to have to realize is that Savage Worlds is not that power level on a base game. It's much higher. But what I remember is when, one of the challenges I had with Rifts when I was playing it, it was that I was not a super-powered character, but I was with super-powered characters. Right. And I felt very restricted. And that I really, why am I here to begin with? I'm just this, you know, kind of a peon. And when I listened, there wasn't one character in that actual play that didn't shine in some way at some point. Right, yeah, and I think I think they did a really good job on, I guess balancing is is, is a way to put it, uh, but balancing the characters so that everybody does have that ability to shine. They at least can choose to, to do so. Right, right. Well, anything else from either one of you guys? Can you discuss what you just picked up? Your, yeah, your, your, your oh yeah, I want to know. You, you bought some Savage World stuff. What did you get? I bought the, the East Texas University... Yeah, that's just the main book. Yeah, yeah the, the main, main book, book for East Texas yeah. University. That's a fun setting. I've played in it before, and my dad has a copy of it. Yeah, I have all. all yeah, we we I, co we co GM'd it. Yeah, we did. Oh, did you, and what 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 was what was kind of the the setting of that one? Do you remember? There were there was this. I don't remember all of it, but I remember this one part. There was like someone cloned themselves with like water and it like they were just going after each other trying to make more clones of themselves oh nice so what, what we did was uh, like, I'll gush a little I love East Texas University so much I do. and there's a piece in East Texas University I love so much that, is that you can put in any system and I talk about my blog all the time uh, is that they have it has like I think the best adventure random adventure generator ever yes very good. I have very got. Well I, I've delved into the plot point campaign with my group once, and typically we end up just running in random adventure generators. And one of the things that we've done both at my club and I've done it on uh, on online games. I love to do is 
just come into the game without having any idea. I have 10 minutes of prep time. The players put the characters together. I throw something together. And we were at an uh, event in Michigan. And Carrie and I, real quick, used the adventure generator to come up with a, an alien abduction scenario that took place over uh, you know, a pine box. And uh, it was over the library. And they were cloning people into, like, waitresses or something. It was, like, an aunt or something. Oh, it was someone's aunt. Yeah, Yeah. it was someone's aunt, and they kept making more of that person's aunt over and over again. (laughs) And it was just kind of wacky and crazy. So she wanted her own book. I told her if she wants to run to Degrees of Horror, she can borrow my my hardback for that. But she wanted her own own main book for that. So, you know, kind of of an idea, and somebody else had had talked about this, but I think for, for, like, someone your age... You take East Texas University and you make a pine box middle school. <laughs> if you have if you have kids your age who you want to run for, and you could make it like a middle school game and have middle school characters and still use pretty much everything out of the book. Is that something you think you could do? I could probably put that together maybe. Like Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. I, I kept thinking about East Texas University yeah. while I was watching Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> oh, and if anybody hasn't seen Stranger Things, we won't give any No spoilers, away, I swear, I but promise. it is... Awesome. You need to watch it. I mean, any show, to me, the first thing I saw that stuck out to me is any show that starts off with a group of kids playing D&D, that's all right with me. But so. if, if, if you've played any kind of, uh, if you played East Texas University and you want to have that feel of Stranger Things, um, that's 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 the rule system I would go for. You know, you could get some great things in there. Didn't someone make, like, a story? I think there is a Savage Stranger Things lying around somewhere. somewhere. Oh, is there? Yeah, there is. I saw it in G+. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so already, they somebody's already done it. Yeah, it's it's, it's starting to become a thing. thing. But, like, I say I'm going to read that. <laughs> so, where can people find you, and where's your blog at? Because I want to make sure people get, get pointed to your blog. Sure. Because it's really a, a very, very good read. Uh, our blog is at uh, livingforcrits.com, and it's uh, the number four. And if you just on YouTube, you find me on G Plus. Just look up James uh, Walls, and you may find me. Uh, and then my daughter is on there as well. What did you under there as? I'm just uh, Karina W. But we, you, you can find you through find me. It, yeah. yeah through okay. And then it, on YouTube, there is a. If you just look up Living for Crits on YouTube, you can find us on there. And like I said, I I I kind of play those three games. Just I, I don't have a good order. It's like whatever I'm playing at the time, that's what shows up on the blog. I'm not very organized. I don't have a, a schedule. It's just whatever comes out that day. Okay. Like I might want to come up with some Savage World stats for something. I, that's what I come up with. I, and and recently, um, this, isn't, this isn't Savage World stuff yet. But I've done a, a Numenera adventure, and I've done a Dungeon Crawl Classics adventure, posted on the blog completely, and Carrie is now my, my paid artist. So I believe heavily oh, in paying your artists, excellent. and not just giving them the exposure. So Carrie is now, uh, she's done the covers uh, and some of the interior art for both of those. It's just in the blog post. And I think what's probably next is I think uh, once I'm done and I tweak a bit more what we, we do for uh, Gen Con tomorrow, I think... I think this accursed uh, uh, haunted house thing is going to show up in the blog next. Oh, I would love to see that. At least the Mad Lib forms and the, sure. the, the plot. It'll be a pretty rough outline, but it'll be enough that you could, if you wanted to try something like this, and the, the haunted room generator, uh, which was heavily influenced on East Texas University. Actually, yeah, I know. I would love to see it. We have two, uh, two conventions in the Denver area, and we have what's called a Con Junior. 
and Archon Junior is just for like six to fourteen, and it's to get the younger kids into that convention setting and get them started on playing games and being able to and we actually have them they register for their games and they sign up for what they want to play and so we they run it as a full basically weekend mini con just for the kids and so we can transition them you know once they hit that 14 years old we want to transition them into the adult con and have them come play games and do that type of thing so that would be something that I personally would love to get my hands on because I would definitely run that for a con junior game. Well, the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave anyone listening with is uh, this is kind of my, I've been asked, I am often asked, because I'm kind of known for this, of what do you do to get your game, kids to play in games and to play more games. And what I tell them is whatever game you're passionate, passionate about, that's what you need to play. So if you're a passionate Savage Worlds fan, by all means, play Savage Worlds with your kids. If you're a passionate D&D 5th Edition fan or 3rd Edition fan or Pathfinder, play it with your kids. I believe that, that the younger generation needs to see the passion more than some perfect rule setting that's going to that's gonna get, their, get their attention. So uh, whatever you love to play, that's what they're going to start with. And they may find they like something more right. at some point. But it, it really, you have to fuel it with the passion and the excitement level. And if you're not excited for it or you don't know the rules as well or you get bogged down in something, maybe they'll see that. So whatever you love, that's what you should share, in my opinion. a perfect ending. So James, Carrie, thank you guys so much for taking some time with me. I appreciate it. And go look for Living for Crits and uh, follow James, follow Carrie on G+, and see all of their posts and... Uh, Hopefully, uh, I might have a live recording, an actual play of an Adam's Family game from Genghis Khan in February from Colorado. So thank you guys both. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Awesome. Hi, everybody. This is a Savage Mommy, again, coming from Gen Con. 2016. I'm here with Mark uh, Swafford, who is you were the writer. I, for I converted. I converted the Savage Thunder. Or I converted the Thunderscape from uh, Pathfinder to Savage Worlds. Okay. So tell me a little bit. So for people who don't know what Thunderscape is, what what is it? It's a dark fantasy uh, setting. Uh, it's uh, so if you have, you have some black powder weapons and some steampunk weapons as well. Uh, you have the dark uh, darkness that tried to uh, take over the land. Uh, the people were able to fight it back, but it still exists, trying to uh, spread its evil, evil, dark influences on the land, and it's your job to find them and destroy them. Okay, so you said you converted it from Pathfinder over to Savage World, so what made you what, what made you guys decide and think that, hey, this needed a Savage Worlds conversion? What was it about the Savage Worlds as a rule set that you thought would work, work well with Thunderscape? Well, I can't speak I can't speak for Sean Carmen, who's, who's the boss here, but he... Uh, I think he wanted to expand out. He didn't want to be uh, pigeonholed into one particular system, uh, so he spread out into Savage, the Savage World system, which you know, everybody knows is fast, fun, and furious. Uh, and I just happened to, to talk to him one day, and he said, "You want to want to work for me?" And I said, "Yes." So, what kind of what kinds of things for, for you to do your conversion from Pathfinder to Savage Worlds? What were some key Savage Worlds? things that you had to bring into the game well con- converting from pathfinder i really didn't have to bring in anything from savage worlds it was 
having to determine what I wanted to take out of the Pathfinder rules because uh, uh, I felt like it, it very it slowed down the, the combat a lot. Okay. Uh, and but uh, it, the, the the big uh, um, conflict was what do I take out of the Pathfinder rules to make it more streamlined, and what do I leave in to keep the the, the flavor of the setting. So that was the that was the hardest part. Uh, other than that, I didn't, it was it was pretty uh, self-explanatory. So I'm I was kind of curious for like edges and hindrances. How did you guys decide on those for the game? Did you kind of base them off of because uh, Pathfinder has like feats and things like that? So did you just kind of base them off of those? Right, and I just you put you just put you try to put the requirements for those particular edges in it and try to make it try to keep the the flavor as well. Uh, yeah, I just we just took uh, existing Pathfinder uh, feats and, okay. uh, and, and abilities and just converted them to uh, edges. All right. Does this have a plot point campaign? Not yet. Okay. Uh, we're we're current. There's there's currently three Pathfinder adventure uh, adventure paths. Uh, we are working on the first one on converting the first one, and we're, we're uh, we just wrote. I just got done writing the second one. Okay, and uh, we haven't even touched the third one yet because it just now it just came out for the Pathfinder rules. Okay, so when when do you think the first one might be out? Any, within, any kind of date yet, or any with, thoughts with, within the next six months, maybe? Okay, so all right, all right. So and I see, you know, there's adventure cards that I see, you know, so adventure decks out oh, yes. for it. Oh yes. And where is it? Basically, you can get it at RPG now. You can get it at RPG now. You can get it at drivethroughrpg.com. Um, or you can come come by the booth at Gen Con. Yeah, so if you're here, come on by. And Studio 2 Publishing. Oh, Studio 2. Okay, from their store through the peg site? Yes. Excellent. All right, well, anything else? on? Make it savage. Excellent. All right, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is the Savage Mommy. I am at the Pinnacle booth on the dealer's hall floor at Gen Con 2016. Just talking to some people, some Savage Worlds fans, just, you know, get a little uh, man-in-the-booth <laughs> uh, interview. So, what's your name? Rhett Scubis. And Rhett, where are you from? Chicago. Chicago. We kind of, I kind of asked you before we started recording, you've played some Savage Worlds. How how, how much have you played? Uh, probably about five or six sessions, I think. Okay, game and, sessions. and what uh, what settings have you played? Uh, the basic generic setting that was uh, essentially fantasy, um, and then... East Texas University, okay. and um, I think we actually used Savage Worlds to play uh, some of the Pine Box Texas, the original one. Okay, right. The first one, Blood uh, Bloodlines. All right. So, what what is it about Savage Worlds that 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 you've enjoyed the most in the, in the few times you've played? Probably would highlight the sort of free form rules light nature of it. Play a lot of other games that are. And are quite uh, detailed with the rules, but most of the memorable moments with your friends, you come around just generating stories and weird uh, uh, moments that happen. It's kind of an improv type way, and I think Savage Worlds is pretty well uh, equipped to do to promote those kind of Excellent. moments. And is there any settings that you're kind of interested in and in wanting to give a try? Well, I'm looking at the booth here. Um, 
Let's see, we're, Weird or One looks pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and that just uh, that was a Kickstarter not too long ago. So now they've got you know they've got the whole line out okay. for it. Um, yeah. I've played some Weird Wars too. It's, it's it's a pretty fun system. Yeah. Uh, also looking at Lankmar, which is kind of a nostalgic throwback to way ba- way way back for uh, the gamers playing some old A D and D and then see how it's been updated. It's a great setting. Excellent. Well, thanks. Well, uh, hopefully you'll you'll find something you can take home and and get the rest of your group to play. So thanks for taking a couple minutes with me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, what's your name? Uh, Brad. Brad, where are you from? Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So how long have you been playing Savage Worlds? Uh, about five years. Five years. Do you play NGM? Uh, yes. Okay. So what what brought you to Savage Worlds? What is it about Savage Worlds as a system that you enjoy? Well, what got me into it was the people was to, were telling me about it, how, how adaptable it is, I guess, and how fast it is to pick up on the rules. Um, so that kind of intrigued me. So I played one game at Gen Con uh, years back, and I did like it. It was simple. Uh, characters were easy to understand. Um, and I liked that uh, the players that I was playing with actually, you know, breathed life into their own the characters at right. the con. Yes. So that, that was kind of neat. So the GM just basically gave them a template, and then uh, all the players th- threw in their own uh, twist on it, which was really cool. Um, so I was kind of hooked after that. It was a post-apocalyptic game, okay. um, which was, was great. That's my favorite genre. And then uh, I decided to do a zombie apocalypse game. So I've run that uh, four straight years at Gen Con here. Okay. Um, it, works, uh, it works quite well. It's adaptable. Anybody can come up to the table in a 10-minute spiel over the rules. Um, and they're ready to go. Yeah, that's one thing I love is being yeah. able to bring new players in right. really fast, really quick. Teach them the die mechanic really fast. So I love it. Exactly. So, uh, if you had a, do you have a favorite setting uh, uh, for Savage Worlds, or do you like to, like I said, you know, you said you, you're doing your zombie apocalypse. Do you like to do kind of your own thing? Absolutely. Okay. I I'm a, I'm a, a parasite. If I find something I like on any genre, any game system, or whatever, I, I borrow it. Right, and, exactly. And, and put my own twist on it and incorporate it into, uh, into my games. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes with me. I appreciate yeah, it. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, thank you. What, what's your name? My name is Joshua Guy. And Josh, where are you from? I'm from St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada, actually. All right. Yeah. So how long have you been playing Savage Worlds? Uh, about three, four years now. And you said you GM and run? I do, yes. Do so what is it about the system that brought you in? What do you like about it? Uh, basically, I got tired of the number crunch from some of the other games. Uh, I was running Pathfinder for my friends, and it just became so tedious that I wanted something different. Uh, so at Gen Con, about three years ago, I started asking people about systems three, four years ago, and that's where I discovered Savage Worlds. Nice. And what uh, what uh, settings have you played or run? I've run a couple one-shots, my own settings, uh, but I'm preparing to run right now, actually, Deadlands based on Hell on Wheels. Okay. Ex- oh, excellent. Uh, setting right after the Civil War, starting with no fantasy and starting to incorporate fantasy later on as the okay. campaign goes so, on. So doing one of the great things with Savage Worlds is pulling from popular media and just slotting it right into the game. Yeah. So what's your, if you had to pick a favorite setting, what would it be? Or do you have one? Uh, I'm really looking forward to Rifts. <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah, me too. <laughs> and I missed the Kickstarter. I'm so disappointed. So uh, waiting, waiting for that to come out in yes. print? Yeah. Uh, but I like Deadlands. I also, uh, I'm very interested in The Last Parasec. I may pick that up while I'm here as well. Yeah, I'm actually running that right now. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. No problem. And uh, Space Savage, what was your name? Michelle Powell. And you're from? Denver, Colorado. Denver. Okay. And everybody, I do know Michelle. So uh, we're, we're, we've been gaming and, and we've known each other for how long? 
Uh, over 20 years 20 now. 20 years. So tell me about a little bit about what brought you to Savage Worlds. At first it was because of how easy it was to learn and then just how fun and awesome the players and the mods were. Actually, and what, uh, what settings have you played? Um, I've played the horror and I've played um, the, the futuristic one where you're kind of a pop Which one is that? Is it Last Parsec? Is Maybe. It sci-fi? Yeah, we, I've played one of those. I've also played the Deadlands ones. Okay. Those were fun. Yeah. So if you had to say you had a, a, a favorite setting, what would it be? Or which one uh, of those did you like the best? I don't know. I like the Deadlands and I like the Cthulhu Horror one. The, okay. Yeah. And is there anything that you know that's coming out or anything that you're looking forward to trying or playing in Savage Worlds? Um, you know, I don't know. I haven't really taken a look at the booth yet. Okay. We're here, so we're going to take a look. Take a look at the booth and, and find something to uh, get excited about. And yeah. Maybe, uh, get uh, Bruce to run for you guys. Right, and write for, because you know, that's exactly. what he does. All right, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Not a worry. What's your name? Dawn, Dawn. Studebaker. And where are you from? Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fort Wayne, Indiana. So you're close to home. I am. So, how long have you been playing Savage Worlds? I just started. Just started. What brought you to the system? Uh, I love the theme. So yeah. Just the just just the the variations the weird that you West. can play. Okay, yeah, so you're a Deadlands weird, fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Deadlands fan. So any other, any other settings that you've played? No, but uh, I think we're going to do Noir next. Okay, all right. So what what is it about Deadlands that you that you enjoy? It's awful. <laughs> That's very true. It's very true. There's lots of bad things in the world. Have you have you, did, have you read the Cackler? I haven't. I was looking at it. It's very to, good. To gift it to my DM. Oh yeah, that would be great. I yeah. read it this morning. Uh, it turned. It, it's a very very good read. So is there anything to reveal um, who the Cackler is? Yes. It does reveal it. Yes, it does. Okay. And it's a good reveal. Is are there any other systems? Uh, are any other settings besides Deadlands that you're interested in, or are you guys pretty much kind of a Deadlands group at this point? At this point, we are a Deadlands group, but we're expanding. We've talked about doing Savage Saturdays in my store, um, where we sample all the different Savage Worlds. Okay. Um, I own a store in Fort Wayne, so we wanted to um, explore more of it. Excellent. We really like Jody. We met her, and we wanted to promote the product right excellent well thank you well thanks for taking a couple minutes to talking with me you're welcome what's your what's your name lars and where are you from denver colorado tell me lars what brought you to savage worlds and why do you play savage worlds uh, i really I, I enjoy the comparative starting simplicity of the system that can then be uh it, it can be uh complicated or or deepened uh, in in any one of a million ways, I, I love uh, that. I, I uh, probably the best ex, uh, best example that I have is sat down. Uh, there was uh, one of our, our friends' uh, daughters. Uh, uh, my girlfriend and I were trying to figure out. You know, hey, is does she want to, to play Savage Worlds? We sat her down. She has kind of a limited attention span. We taught her how to play and enjoy it. It took maybe 10 15 minutes and that was to me that was the best uh that's that's the best example of uh, just you 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 get going and then you can add you can add bits in they have uh all kinds of worlds and all kinds of add-ons but really at its base it's it, it doesn't it doesn't take that long to learn and enjoy so if you had to pick if you had a favorite setting yeah what setting would you say oh i uh, 
I'm going to say I, I, I know they they haven't come out with anything for it a little while, in a little while, but uh, Deadlands Noir. I, I, I love uh, I, I love uh, the the setting, the time period, uh, the fact that uh, they involve uh, voodoo, the fact that they involve New Orleans, um, which you know I, I love the food there. I guess that doesn't have much to do with the, <laughs> with the world. And are you but. are you running or playing anything right now? Uh, I, I'm not running anything right now, unfortunately. It's uh, haven't haven't had the time, but uh, I I keep on collecting the. Keep on collecting the the books, uh, in, you know, in in preparation. So. All right. Well, actually, well, thanks for taking a cool. couple minutes with me. Oh. All right. Thanks. What's your name? Kaylin Reedy. And where are you from? I am from uh, the countryside near Economy, Indiana. Okay. So, how long have you been playing Savage Worlds? Well, um, I first found Deadlands Classic uh, about three years ago, and from there I springboarded onto Reloaded and learned the Savage World system, and I've been pulling stuff from it ever since. Excellent. So what is it about Savage Worlds that, that you enjoy when running games? I, I really like the ease of the system, and uh, the simplicity of it allows for you to do any kind of customization that you would want as a GM. It's really quick for players to pick up. You can create characters in like an hour as compared to several hours for other kinds of systems, and you can just run a pickup game, start and go. Excellent. And what are you running in, in Deadlands right now? Are you running one of the plot points, or do you do, are you doing your own thing? Uh, right now, I'm running a classic uh, Devil's Tower trilogy campaign, but I have been pulling things from Savage Worlds where I can't find it in the old classic material, and I've been compromising so that things can go faster, my players have an easier go of it, and it's more fun for them. Excellent. And is there anything Savage Worlds-wise coming up that you, or any settings that you're really interested in? Um, I'm really interested for the new Deadlands Dr. Hellstrom book. Um, Yes, me too. (laughs) I I was part of the Stone of the Hard Place Kickstarter, so... Uh, seeing all the content for that has been really awesome, and I'm really looking forward to the advancing storyline, learning more about the history of the world, and seeing where it goes. Actually, have you had a chance to run or play the Flood? I have not. Um, my players just haven't wanted to go out there because they're okay. afraid of maze dragons. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that, that's great. Well, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes with me. No problem. Thank you. What was your name? Uh, Kenny. Kenny, and where are you from? Uh, Denton, Texas. Denton, Texas. All right. How long have you been playing Savage Worlds? Uh, since it was created. <laughs> okay. And what is it about the system that, that keeps you playing Savage Worlds? Um, it's you know, kind of the tagline, the Fast Furious Fun, right? So it's, it's fast, it's easy for players to pick up. Um, it's really easy for me to run a game, you know, without right. yeah. having to juggle too much stuff. Yet there's still enough meat to the system that you can really it kind of covers anything anyone needs to do right yeah and what's your favorite setting if you have one? Oh, deadlands for sure deadlands and and what uh, have you run any of the plot point campaigns for it uh absolutely i'm actually in the middle of one right now and which one which one you uh, now? we're in the middle of lost suns right now okay yeah. all right yeah i've run a run a couple groups through the flood so i've really yeah. enjoyed that yep and anything savage worlds wise that uh, you're looking forward to that that you don't have or that's coming out um, actually, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the Rippers Re- Resurrected. Okay. Because, you know, we played the plot point campaign, the original Rippers and stuff. And Excellent. Then, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate you taking a couple minutes with me. Yeah. All right. Thank you. What was your name? Becca. Becca, and where are you from? Uh, Chicago. Chicago. So how long have you been playing Savage Worlds? About three years. Three years. And what, what brought you to the system? Uh, mostly, I just joined up in an online game. They, the GM was using Savage Worlds, so I was like, okay, great. 
That was actually my first RPG experience, too. So, okay. So, technically, I did D&D, like, five years ago. That didn't count. <laughs> but, but Savage Worlds was the first experience. So what is it, ab- uh, so what is it about the system that you enjoy? I really like the exploding dice system. I think it's hilarious and awesome. Um, I like that it's fast. There's not a lot of crunch to it, like 15 billion options of, like, stats. I also really, really, really like the fact that it's non-class-based. I hate the fact that if you're locked into a class, you're locked into a class. Yeah, yeah so, that's, I think that's a lot of people so those really are my, enjoy that. My big, and what, do you, what uh, settings are you playing right now? Um, I used to be the GM, so and then I got burned out because, you know, I played too much. I was running through 50 Phantoms, and then okay. it was like homebrew season system, so... Oh, excellent. Uh, excellent. And is there anything Savage Worlds-wise that's coming up that you're looking forward to? Savage Wrist, when I finally get my book, my hard, my paper yes. book. Yes. So are uh, you, uh, you were a backer? Yes, I was a Okay. Backer. So have you read through any of it yet? Not yet. Not yet? Because I waited for the errata to actually come out and oh, okay. print, and then I'll actually read it. I, I do have the PDF. I actually haven't read the PDF yet. I think you're going to like what you see. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to running it. Well, thank you so I'm much for taking this. a couple of minutes, and enjoy the rest of Gen Con. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Right. What's your name? Um, I'm Brian Berg Brian from Berg? Total Party Kill Games. Okay, and, yeah. and where are you from? From Iowa. From Iowa, excellent. Yep. So, tell me a little bit, why, uh, how long have you been playing Savage Worlds? Well, uh, to be completely honest, I've only just recently jumped full uh, tilt into Savage Worlds, and it's due to the Savage Rifts conversion. Excellent. I had always you know, seen and heard good things about Savage Worlds, but never really experienced it myself. So once they uh, grabbed onto the IP of the Rift stuff, I was like, okay, here's a, a love from my youth. I'm going to check this game out, and I've just really, really begun to enjoy it. Excellent. And so have you had a chance to play in any, any yeah. games we, yet? So- we've been running our, our own versions of the Rifts games now okay. because we were backers for the Kickstarter um, and just reading and absorbing as, as much as we possibly can. And, and so how are you liking ha- having run it? Because I, like I said, with it just coming out, I haven't had a chance to run it. Mm-hmm. How have you liked it? You do you mean Savage Worlds in general? Savage or? Rifts. So, Savage so Rifts. How, how is it feeling for you? Is it feeling like Rifts? Well, that's the amazing thing is you take a, a very simple game system like Savage Worlds and it is actually able to incorporate the feel of the Rifts game. And I think, you know, everybody knows the, the Rifts game from the 90s, the, the, the setting was fantastic. Right. The mechanics are now outdated and, you know... So much has happened in the gaming industry yeah. since I, then. I tried to make uh, characters for a Rift game, mm. and we got about halfway through character creation and never picked it up again. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for yeah. taking a couple of minutes, yeah, no and uh, enjoy the rest of Gen Con. Thank you so much. Yep.